stand, please, for our choir to exit. We've got a couple of specials this morning when they get down. This may be your last time to stretch till about one. Brother Josh said he wasn't going to get to preach much tonight, so he's going to go long this morning. So stretch out good. I'm teasing. We're not staying that long. Choir do a good job. Say amen. Amen. Two specials this morning. You may be seated. Thank y'all. Two specials this morning. Miss J.C. Hodge has got our first one. A new 
As our other special this morning, and following him will be our pastor, Brother Josh Llewellyn, for the morning message. In the dark of the midnight, have I oft hid my face while the storms howl above me? And there's no hiding place Mid the crash of the thunder Precious Lord, hear my cry Keep me safe Till the storm passes by Till the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Many times Satan whispered, there is no use to try, for there's no end of sorrow, there's no hope by and by. But I know thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise where the storms Never darken the skies Till the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more Till the clouds roll forever From the sky Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow 
hold thy hand, keep me safe till the storm passes by. When the long night has ended and the storms come no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright peaceful shore in that land where the tempest never comes lord may i dwell with thee when the storm passes by till the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. And he will. Man, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Wasn't that wonderful? Wasn't that wonderful? Thank you, Brother Sam, Miss JC. Thank you, choir. <clears throat> it has been good to be in the Lord's house. And, uh, man, how great it is to be saved. How great it is to know that we are saved today. And how great it is to be able to come here and have that song to sing and have that victory in Jesus. Uh, as I said last Sunday, I'm going to say again, we didn't come here this morning because somebody's dead. Uh, sometimes, especially as Baptists, we take our, our services and turn them into a funeral service. Friend, this ought not be a funeral service. We're not here because somebody died. We're here because somebody's alive. And I am thankful that I serve a risen Savior this morning and that we can rejoice in what we have in the Lord. Whether you're a church member or a visitor this morning, I want to thank you for being here. And I want to encourage you to come back this evening at 5 p.m., on fifth Sundays, we try to have a fellowship. That's four times a year, but we try to have a special time of fellowship. We're going to have water slides. We're going to have outdoor stuff. I encourage you to bring games. We're going to grill and barbecue tonight. Uh, I think we're asking for sides and desserts mostly. Uh, but come here tonight, and I know that you enjoy this. We need the fellowship of one another. So I want to encourage you all to come back. Are you glad to be saved this morning? Are you glad to be in the Lord's house? Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. If there's anything worth standing up for, it's the Word of God this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law... As under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. 
I have made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So here it is, so run that ye may obtain. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for the great singing that we've had, Lord, to lift your name up, Lord. This is not about me. This is not about a man. This is not about a woman this morning. But this is about your son, Jesus. Lord, our job this morning is to lift him up so that he can draw all men unto him. Lord, I pray that I would simply lift him up this morning so that he would draw us unto him. Lord, I love you this morning and I need your Holy Spirit. I need your help. Lord, I cannot do this by myself. This crowd does not need to hear from me this morning, but they need to hear from you. Lord, we need to hear from heaven this morning. Lord, I pray that I'd be a vessel for you. Lord, I pray that souls would be saved, Lord, and that the saved would be encouraged to run that race, to run that race so they might attain the things, Lord, that you have planned for us. Lord, I love you, and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. At the very end of verse 24, the Apostle Paul said, So run that ye may obtain. This week, this verse stuck out to me, and this was kind of our theme throughout teen camp. We carried the teens to camp this week, and this was kind of our theme. So it's been on my heart. It's been on my mind. It's uh, this message here God has put within me. And all week long, I have gone through that verse and through that phrase, So run that ye may obtain. So run that you may obtain. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, that we run so that we may obtain. I want you to understand today that the Apostle Paul is comparing our spiritual life to a race. And many times in the writing of the Apostle Paul, he compared our, our walk with God as a race. He compared it to a, uh, a sport event. He compared it to this event that we're running in this race. And the book of Hebrews 12, it is used uh, as a race. In many places, he uses this walk in our service with the Lord and compares it to a race that we are running. In the book of Philippians, he uses it again to, to compare it to a race. And I want you to understand that as a Christian, the race is not the day that we are born in this world until we leave this earth. The race that the Apostle Paul is talking about is for saved people. This is for the children of God. I want you to understand that your race for the Lord begins the very moment that you accept Jesus as your personal Savior. If you're lost this morning, I'm not going to encourage you to run the race well. I'm going to encourage you to get in the race. I'm going to encourage you to have a personal relationship with Jesus this morning. I want you to know the very day that I met Jesus was the day that my spiritual race began. And so if you're here this morning and you're lost, please do not excuse yourself from this message because I want you to be saved. 
And the Lord wants you to be saved. And God wants to save your heart this morning. But understand this today, that the race begins with our relationship in Jesus. I want you to understand that our race begins when we meet the Lord. The Apostle Paul encourages us today to run our race for the sole purpose to obtain. The word obtain means to acquire. It means to achieve. It means to possess. As Christians, we must be productive in our service to the Lord. I want you to know that the race that we run is a picture of our service to the Lord. It is a picture of our relationship with God. And in this race and in your service and in your relationship, Paul said, live it and run it in a manner so that ye may obtain, so that you can achieve some things. And this is simply what Paul's saying. Don't run just to run. Run so that you can receive some things. Don't run just because that's what you're supposed to do. Don't run just because that's tradition. Don't run the race out of habit. Run the race so that ye may obtain. And child of God, I want you to know that we must run our race with the focus and the motivation that we are to run so that we might obtain. And when we understand that there are some things that we ought to be achieving, in our spiritual walk with the Lord, I think it will bring to us some motivation. And my friend, if God's people ever needed to be motivated, it's today. We need to be motivated to serve the Lord. We need to get excited to run our race and run it well. And run it that we may obtain. Friend, when we understand that there is something we ought to be receiving from this race, then it will motivate us and it will determine us. It will bring about some determination. God's people need some determination. Friend, there's some battles to face. I want you to know when you run the race, you're going to face the devil face to face. I want you to know that He hates you. He come, He has come to steal and kill and destroy the joy of your life. He wants you to get out of the race. God's people need to be determined today. Also, we need to be steadfast. And I believe if we understand that our race is so that we may obtain that we will be steadfast. Child of God, we need to quit throwing in the white towel. We need to keep running our race. You say, how long do I run my race till Jesus comes back for you? Friend, you run until you can't run any longer. We need to be motivated. We need to be determined. We need to be steadfast. So you ask the question, what must I obtain? What is it that I need to be achieving? What is it that I need to be gaining in the race that I have with the Lord? I want you to notice this. In verse 19, number one, the first thing we ought to be obtaining today is the saving of lost souls. Understand what the Apostle Paul said in verse 19. He said, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. I love that. That I might gain the more. I want you to look down in verse 22. He said, To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I have made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. 
The Apostle Paul said, I'm running that I can obtain the saving of lost souls. I'm running my race in the manner and the motivation that from my life and from my testimony, souls can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand the reason it is so important that we run our race and we run it well is because there's family members around us, there's friends around us, and there's people around us that need to be saved saved. Friend, as a child of God, your motivation today, your what motivates you and drives you ought to be the saving of lost souls. Child of God, we need to fall in love with lost souls. If you are running your race just to run and not for the purpose of getting the gospel out to lost people, friend, you're not running your race well. You're not running to obtain. You're not running to achieve. Friend, in your race with the Lord, souls ought to be saved. And you ought to have a burden, you ought to have a desire to see lost people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me this morning? Are y'all awake this morning? It ought to be, it ought to be one of our greatest desires is to see lost people get saved. He said, I'm running so that people can know the Lord. And a lot of people take this scripture out of context and they think that Paul is saying that he's changing his ways or he's changing the message for the Jews and the Gentiles and those that are weak. Paul never changed the message. Paul never changed what was going on, but he went to everybody, regardless of what color they were, regardless of their background, for the sole purpose that they may come to know Jesus. Friend, you must run your race to obtain the saving of lost souls. Notice this next verse. Notice this next verse. It said in verse 23, And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Number two, uh, he, must, he was obtaining to be a partaker of the gospel message. We talked about the gospel last week, the power of the gospel message, the effect of the gospel message. And we talked about what the gospel message means to us as saved people. And I want you to understand something. The gospel message is the most powerful message in all the world. It's the most powerful substance in all the world. There is more power in the gospel than anything else. Of all that we have in the world, the gospel is the most important. And the Apostle Paul said, I want to run in a manner and in a way that I might be a partaker that I may be a partaker of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, Paul didn't want to just accept the gospel. He wanted to walk the gospel. He wanted to live the gospel. He wanted to talk the gospel. And everywhere he went, he wanted to be a partaker with those Corinthians in the gospel of Christ. Friend, the gospel ought to be in you. And you ought to be in the gospel. What are we to be obtaining? Friend, we ought to be obtaining the saving of lost souls. And we ought to be obtaining the partaker of the gospel message. We ought to live it out every single day. What is this race for? So that souls can be saved. What is this race for? So that we might live in the gospel message every single day. Child of God, the gospel ought to be your theme. It ought to be your anthem. It ought to be the reason why you sing. Amen. It ought to be our motivation every single day. Now I want you to look in verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Number three, to receive rewards. 
Run your race in a manner that you can receive rewards. I want you to hold your place there and look in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I talked about this with the kids. And I remember in 5th or 6th grade there was a trophy that I got through the football program there in Washita Parish that I worked for so hard. And I'm telling you, I thought I was the best thing since bubblegum when I got that trophy. I'm telling you, I thought I was hot stuff. And all of these trophies I got, and those things meant so much to me for so long. And I understood as I grew older and I got closer with Jesus, those things didn't matter anymore. And I want you to understand what Jesus said in Matthew 6, in verse 19. The Bible said, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. I'm glad the thieves can't steal what I have in Jesus today. I'm glad age cannot tear up what I have in the Lord today. Notice what he said in verse 20. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Understand this today. We run so much so that we can achieve baseball trophies, hunting trophies, fishing trophies, all of these other trophies. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's the most important thing to you, there is something wrong with that. And if that is your God and that's what you love the most, is achieving all that you can out of this world and all of these physical things, friend, you're running your race the wrong way. Because what living this life is all about is not about what we can achieve of the world, but it's about what we can get from the Lord and what God can do with us and the rewards that we're going to get when we get to glory land. Friend, there's nothing wrong with liking the things of the world. But if it's number one in your life, you're wrong. So many times in our life, it's about what we can store up. It's about the money we can get. It's about the homes we can build. It's about all of this. And friend, child of God, you must run so that ye may obtain the rewards that God has for you. I have no idea where that trophy is today. I've got boxes of trophies somewhere, and I don't know where they are, and I don't give a flip where they are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore to me because I understand the only thing that matters is what I get when I get to see Jesus. Because everything, a man told me one time, he said, Preacher, I want you to come in my shop. And he had dragsters everywhere. He said, I want you to see my old God. He said, this was my God for years and years and years. And he raced these dragsters every weekend, every Sunday he went. One day the Lord got a hold of him, changed his heart. Now he's a deacon in a church in Manchester, an awesome man of God. And he, he told me, he said, I want you to come see this. And there's this big old trophy taller than me, over six foot tall. And this big old trophy that he won the amateur division in the nation, in the entire nation. He said, preacher, I worked 20, 30 years for that. He said, but I want you to look at something. There was mold all over that trophy. Preacher, I want you to look at this. There was rust all over this, this trophy. He said, when I won that trophy, I was so happy. And about three years after that, I began to see mold on it. And I began to see rust on it. And I began to see all of these things. And I thought, wait a minute. I worked so hard for something to rust and be done away with. He said, surely... There's something out there that I can work for that will last for all of eternity. He said, surely there is something out there that I can live for that won't rust, 
that won't be stolen. Child of God, there's something to work for today. There's rewards. There is, there is achievements. When we get to meet the Lord, friend, He is going to reward us according to our works. Don't worry about the things on this earth. Worry about the things that we're going to receive when we get to glory land. If you would look with me, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. If you're with me, say amen. Number one, what must I obtain? Number two, why must I obtain? Why? Why do I need to run so that I can obtain this? Why is it so important? I want you to look in Ephesians chapter 2. And in verse 8, the Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Understand why you're in the race. You're in the race because of the grace of God. You are saved, you are redeemed, you are forgiven, and you are born again completely on top and based upon the grace of an almighty God. I'm not in this race because of my work. I'm in this race because, in this race because of the work of Christ. I want you to understand something. I am what I am today by the grace of an almighty God. Understand this today. The only reason that we have a race to run is because of God. We're here today because of the grace of God. If we're here tomorrow, it's going to be because of the grace of God. So many times we think we're running our race in our own power and our own strength. Friend, if God is done with you, He'll take you out. If you have breath today, it's because God's grace allowed you to have that breath. You say, preacher, I've worked hard for everything that I have. No, you got everything you have because of the grace of an almighty God. Understand today that our lives are so rich. Our lives are so great because of God, not because of us. Understand that without God, we wouldn't be anything. We wouldn't have anything. Everything that I've got came from the Lord. And friend, may I tell you that I understand that I am where I am because of the grace of an almighty God. Friend, we need to understand in our race, we're in our race because of God's grace. Notice this in verse 10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Notice the word workmanship. It means masterpiece. Oh, isn't that beautiful? We are His masterpiece. In 2 Corinthians 5, 5, the Bible says, Now He that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God. That word wrought means to fashion. God has fashioned us as His masterpiece. Now I want you to think about what God had to work with. Hello? <laughs> I want you all to think about the race that we had to run in becoming a servant of God. I want you to think about the raw materials that God had to work with. I'm a sinner. I'm no good. God looked down. No man was seeking Him. They were seeking after their flesh. Friend, we are sinners today. We must understand where we come from. And I am where I am because God has put me here. And I love this. I am a masterpiece fashioned by the Master. We are made up. We are built up, we are cleaned up, we are molded up by the potter. We are, we are built by the engineer. Friend, I want you to know that God is the greatest engineer. He's the greatest artist. He's the greatest that there's ever been. And we are His masterpiece. I got two amens on that. Shame on y'all. We are His masterpiece. Hello? We were wrought by God. 
And I'm in this race to serve Him because of what He's done, not because of what I've done. I'm His workmanship, created unto good works. I'm saved. Well, what do you do now that you're saved? I serve the Lord. Let me tell you something. I don't serve to be saved. I don't. I'm saved. And bless God, I get to serve now. And I get to serve my Master. And I get to serve my Creator. And I love what He said that He ordained for us. Before I ever knew that I was going to be a preacher, God had a plan for me. And God's got a plan for you and your race. Why must you run this race to obtain? Because, friend, God's got a purpose. God has a plan for you. God has a place for you. God, isn't He awesome? And God puts us in the race exactly where we need to be. Friend, whatever God's will is for your life, get there this morning. Get there. Get to that place that God wants you to serve. May I remind you that you are His masterpiece. You are here for the sole purpose of bringing honor and glory to God. Listen, God did not put you here and God's not keeping you here to make millions of dollars. He is keeping you here, child of God, so that you can bring honor and glory to His name. He is keeping you here on this earth so that you can bring lost people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, church, we need to understand that we are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece. And we need to understand He's got a plan for us. God never desired for a child of God to sit on a pew and not do anything. That is not His desire for us today. I'm glad for every pew that is filled, but friend, God wants more. And God has desired more, and He has planned more for you. Friend, why? Because God's been good. And His grace is among us, and we are His workmanship. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to be done. Matthew chapter 5. Man, this verse has been on me for some time. I read this verse to the kids at camp this week. And I love this verse. Man, I love it. And I'm going to share a testimony with you that I shared with the kids earlier this week because this has been kind of our, our message throughout the week. Our theme is our service with the Lord at teen camp. And, and I've just, I've been on this and I love this verse. And about two months now, this verse has just consumed me. How must I obtain? How am I going to get to the place that I can begin to win lost souls for Jesus? How am I going to get to the place that I'm going to be a partaker of the gospel? How am I going to get to the place that I can put myself in a position to earn the rewards that God has given me? Notice what he said in verse 6, Matthew chapter 5, in verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Our speaker this week was talking about he's in the Iron Man where he runs a bunch and he swims a bunch and he runs a bunch and bicycles a bunch and all of that. I got dizzy just thinking about it, man. I'm telling you, it stressed me out. And he loves it. And we're talking about hundreds of miles. He drove his bike from McAllen, Texas, all the way to San Antonio, 250 miles. He said, man, this, that was the greatest thing ever. I said, boy, that's awesome. I'll pray for you. Next time, call me. I'll pray for you. One morning, he woke up. He said, I just run 30 miles. Or I just rode 35 miles. I said, you want to go tomorrow? I said, I got Brother Trey's little golf cart. I'll follow you. Man, I'm right behind you, brother. But this guy is so amped up. He's so pumped up. And he wants it. And he does so good. And he's so successful because he wants it. 
There's coaches all over this place this morning. Football, baseball, softball, basketball coaches all over this place. And all we teach and all we drive is get a desire. Hit somebody because you want to. Get on fire. Get amped up. When you get in baseball, get up there and want to hit the ball. Get out there and want to catch the ball. I, man, I coached a uh, pitching machine this year. And man, we struggled. You know why? Because most of them kids didn't give a flip what they were doing. They were having fun. But if you could ever get them focused and ever get them to the place where they really wanted it, man, I'm telling you, you could watch them. And when they really want it, it's awesome. God's people, we got to get to the place we want it. we got to get to the place where we want to see lost souls saved. I told this to the kids the other day, but this summer has been a drought for me. First time in ten years of ministry, I went to camp without leading anybody to the Lord. It hurt me. Great camp, great kids. We just didn't have him get saved. Bible school had tons we talked to, but they're all young. Man, I got hungry. And I got thirsty. And the Bible said that if you hunger and you thirst, you'll be filled. And I took the speaker one night at camp, and I love him with all my heart. I've known him for a long time. And I told him, I said, Brother Jeremy, I'm hungering and I'm thirsting like I never have before. And I've worked and I've worked. I've witnessed to everybody. I probably even witnessed to Lacey some. I'm, I'm in, I want people to get saved. On vacation, I've talked to people and they're either denying or, or they're already saved. And man, I've been hungry. Last Sunday, I come in here as hungry as I've ever been. And after service, oh, I wanted somebody to get saved last week. And I got so disappointed. I was back there. Old negative Nelly me. Little boy come out, 13 years old. Preacher, I need to be saved. And that little fella got saved right back there in them chairs. I was hungry and I was thirsty and God filled me. Child of God, we need to get hungry. And we got to get thirsty. And we got to set our soul on fire. We got to get encouraged. We got to get motivated. That guy's out there riding that bike all them miles. I'd get dizzy just thinking about how many miles he went. But he loves it because he wants it. Child of God. When we start wanting it is when we start getting it. Run that you may obtain. Preacher, I just don't have the desire. I just don't have the desire. Friend, I've been there. I'm still there on some days. We got to get hungry. And we got to get thirsty. Y'all ever hunger for food? Come on, two of you. I see y'all. I know y'all hunger for food. We thirst. What do we do when we get hungry? We go fill ourselves up. God's people, we got to get hungry for God. We got to get hungry for the Word of God. We got to get hungry for gospel preaching. We got to get hungry for church. We got to get hungry for singing. We got to get hungry for lost souls. Friend, we got to get hungry about Awana. We got to get hungry about BBS and Upward and all the things that we're doing. We got to get hungry and thirsty for the things of the Lord. Oh, I love this. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Here it is. For they shall be filled. Isn't that awesome? For they shall be filled. If you're hungry and you thirst this morning, God's going to fill you. God's going to fill you. I want to get ready for him of invitation this morning. I want to ask everybody to stand. Very quiet, very reverent. And if you're here this morning, and you hadn't been running your race in the manner that you ought to, these altars are free. These altars are open. I'm, I'm free up here. Come up here. I'll pray with you. 
I'll pray with you. I love Thursday night. Our kids were set on fire. And I told them Thursday night, I said, kids, we've got to bring this back to promised land. We've got to catch this fire and we've got to take it back to promised land. And we've got to set Hamburg, Arkansas on fire. We've got to get busy. We've got to get hungry. Oh, I love to be saved. Oh, I'm glad to be saved today. And I'm glad that God has put me in this race. You know why I do what I do? Because that 13-year-old boy last Sunday, I had no idea that that boy went through what he has gone through in his life. God had already saved that young man physically in his life. And last Sunday, he saved him spiritually. God is awesome. It is hidden nothing I've done. It's everything of what God's doing. I told you about the Burlington Revival. They just ended this past week. Twelve complete weeks. Twelve hundred and forty-nine souls saved. Gospel preaching. Old-fashioned singing. Old-fashioned preaching. Still works. What happened? People got hungry. Some people got thirsty. Promised land, we need to be hungry. We need to be thirsty. You ought to hurt for those that are without Jesus. You ought to have a desire for them this morning. These altars are open. Maybe there's somebody on your heart that needs to be saved. Would you come to these altars this morning and pray for them? Maybe you're not running your race well. Rededicate your life this morning. Lost person, be saved today. Be saved today. She's going to play. As she plays, you come this morning.